Alright, hey guys, welcome back to the Love Well podcast for another Sunday on a Monday. Um, we are uh, continuing on our series uh, Beyond Sunday School and kind of talking about the Bible and you know how do we go beyond the felt board and the veggie tales and uh, the little moralistic stories and, and some of the way that, that we handle um, the Bible, right? So, uh, so that's that's kind of what we're up to this summer. And who knows, maybe this conversation is going to last longer than that. And uh, you know, if it does, then we'll keep doing a couple of episodes a week. Uh, but if not, then you know, we'll just kind of let it run its course. But to that end, um, this week uh, I was originally planning to open up, start opening up some of the different passages and, and begin to walk through some of these different stories uh, that are floating around. Uh, but we are, uh, but I realized I need to do something, uh, a couple of things before we get there. Um, and uh, so how about I, uh, let me pray real quick and then we'll dive in. God, thanks for today and uh, we pray that you would bless this time and that we might be changed a little bit and not just learn more stuff. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so, as I was thinking about uh, this week, realized that um, we need to kind of answer the question about what, what are we doing with the Bible? Um, why, why study it? Why spend time reading it? What's, what's the, the point of all of it? And, uh, you know, I realized that, uh, I realized that some of us might have some, some funky ideas, um, or, or just some different ideas about what the Bible's for, uh, how do we use it? What's the point of it? That kind of thing. And, you know, and I started thinking about, okay, my own story, right? How, how have I approached the Bible in different ways? Um, you know, when I was, when I was younger, um, you know, I, I remember, remember being in Sunday school at First Presbyterian Church uh, in downtown Pontiac. And, uh, man, I loved... I loved the stories. I loved uh, the excitement of you know stories like David and Goliath. Um, you know a lot of those, uh, the 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 fall of Jericho. Um, you know, and even even in the, the kind of the exciting stories of um, of Jesus, right? I mean, him healing people and walking on water and calming the seas. You know, you think about the story of Jonah and him getting swallowed. By well, like all that, all those kinds of stories, they were just, they were fun. They were exciting. Uh, they were ones that, uh, you know, uh, on Sunday mornings as a kid, you just, they, they kind of caught your imagination and, and they were really, really fun. Um, and so, so when you're, you know, when I was younger, you know, that the, the Bible was, uh, kind of my favorite storybook and, and I loved, I loved those, I loved the tales, I, I loved the adventure of it. Uh, as I got a little bit older, um, 
you know, it was, it started kind of being a similar, a similar thing, right? Where, um, where I was using the Bible, uh, it, it changed, it changed for me because I started using it. Um, the Bible, uh, became for me an instruction manual. It became a, a rule book, a way that uh, I would try to read it and try to figure out uh, what was the right thing and the wrong thing to do. How how should I act? It was it, it kind of was this box for me. Well, if 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 the Bible says this, then that's what I'm going to do. And and I would uh, and I would try to try to understand all of the rules so that I could be good. Um, and, uh, you know, and as I got into my, my late teens, then you, you kind of take those rules and you try to figure out, uh, how can I still follow the rule, but you know, do what I want to do, right? I mean, this is, this is what we do with rule books. It's what we do with laws and statutes and all of that kind of stuff. Um, we, you know, we, we figure out what the rules are and, and then we then we try to figure out how to mostly obey them, but still, still do what we want to do. And uh, and that's that's kind of how you know late late high school into into college the Bible kind of worked for me. Uh, it, it was in the summer between my my freshman and sophomore year that in college that that I really started getting serious about my faith and started uh, really trying to follow Jesus and. Uh, and as I did that, uh, that now the Bible uh, became something else. The the Bible became uh, a tool uh, for me to try to convert or win people to Christ. Uh, right? That it became this uh, means by which I would root all of my logic and arguments and apologetics into and. Um, yeah, and so it. I, I guess you could almost say I, I weaponized the Bible for for a number of years. I had proof texts about everything. I, I remember uh, sitting at the computer at my mom's house, uh, printing out page after page after page from uh, apologetics websites and, and reading and memorizing all this stuff, so that I could use the Bible to to win conversations to win arguments and uh and it became this it became this this thing uh that that i could use really to kind of prop up myself to uh kind of i don't know strengthen or drive my own ego um you know i've always liked i've always liked being the smartest guy in the room and uh and and so yeah, I I worked really hard at being the guy that knew more about the Bible than anyone else, and and so when I sat down in a conversation uh, on campus, I wanted to be that guy. I mean, you know, I took a New Testament introduction class and uh, passed it. Didn't even have to try. Took an Old Testament introduction class, passed it. Didn't even have to try. Right, I and mean, that, that was up at CMU. I mean, that was that was because I was I had steeped myself in it. I, I knew it. I knew I knew the Bible 
um, so that I could so that I could use it so that I could leverage it uh, to to win. And then something changed. Um, I don't remember exactly what year it was. Uh, it must have been somewhere around sometime after Ethan was born, so maybe somewhere 2001 to 2003. Um, I, I can't remember if Libby was born yet or not, uh, but I got this package in the mail. And uh, it had no return address on it. Uh, it, was just, it was just a yellow envelope. And inside I found a book called Blue Like Jazz by a guy named Donald Miller. And, uh, and I sat down at a coffee shop in Normal, Illinois, uh, just uh, near, near South Campus uh, at Illinois State University. And I read the book cover to cover in about four hours. I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't put it down. I couldn't stop reading it. Uh, and then I read it again, <laughs> and uh, I was, um, I don't know, God, God used that, that book to open my eyes up uh, to a different way of, of thinking about, uh, of thinking about the text, of thinking about what was going on with the Bible, of thinking about, uh, you know, what, it, what, was, what was I even really doing um, in, in trying to follow Jesus. And, and I think all of this, you know, all of this is within a context, right? It's, Amy and I, uh, in Bloomington Normal, started going to a, a, just a fantastic church. Um, our, our pastor is a guy named Bob Smart, uh, who just preached grace over and over and over and over again. And he was mentoring me and pouring his life into me. And, I was learning about, uh, really learning about grace and mercy, and, uh, and and all these other theological ideas were just running through my head, um, and so it was probably just kind of this this perfect, uh, this perfect confluence of events uh, that day when that book showed up, and uh, and it was kind of, it was. Uh, it was some sort of weird mystical experience or mis, you know, spiritual moment, uh, spiritual breakthrough. Uh, when, when I realized that, you know, God didn't want me to use the Bible as a rule book. Uh, it was more than just uh, really fun stories, and it definitely wasn't a weapon. Um, and, and what and what came out of that time for me. Um, was uh, this story in uh, you know in, in John chapter ten, right? Uh, it's it's the parable of the good shepherd. Um, you know, and Jesus Jesus kind of tells this. He tells the story. He says, "Truly, I tell you, Pharisees, uh, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate." but climbs in by some other way as a thief and robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him 
because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees didn't understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The sheep comes only, The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. When the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it, the man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. Uh, You know, and he says, the Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Um, there's, guys, there's, there's so much there. Um, we could spend, we could spend an hour uh, just walking through this passage. Uh, but the thing that over the years has has caught my attention um, that I haven't been able to kind of walk away from is this idea that the sheep hear his voice, and the sheep more than hear his voice know Jesus's voice, and and that Jesus, you know, he says. In verse 10, right? I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So those that hear Jesus' voice, that he's come to give life. And and what struck me, what what is what has become most true of my understanding of the Bible and how I approach the Bible is that it's not a rule book. It's not a not a just a story book. Um, and it's definitely not a weapon. Uh, but what it is, is, is it's an opportunity for his sheep, for the shepherd's sheep to hear his voice so that we can have life to the full. So, so as we, if we want to go beyond Sunday school, if we want to kind of begin to approach the Bible, I think, um, with, with a sense of, of how adults, you know, kind of grown-up way of, of approaching the Bible, it's, it's to read the scriptures, to read the Bible, to hear Jesus' voice. We want to see him in this text. We want to hear him in this text. Every time I open the scriptures, anywhere, anywhere in the scriptures, what I'm looking for, I'm looking for the trajectories of grace. I'm looking for uh, what it looks like for someone to, to give of themselves, to, to lay down their lives, to pick it back up again. I'm looking, I'm looking for grace. I'm looking for, for mercy. I'm looking for these moments of, of loving kindness, of faithfulness. I'm looking for, for truth. Um, but, it's, but, but what I keep learning is, is I spend more and more time looking at Jesus and trying to understand Him and trying to hear his voice. Truth is always rooted in grace and love. These three things 
are, are always balancing each other out. And so, and so what reading the Bible is, what spending time in the scriptures is, is, is to help us learn how, how to live life to the full, right? Some people would, would, would put it this way. They, they would say the goal of it is so that we can flourish because what Jesus is about, he is about human beings flourishing. He is about us being the most fully formed humans that we can be. This, this, is what is, this is what is happening in the reconciliation between God and man. Is we are trying, we, we are experiencing the undoing of what took place in Genesis chapter 3. Right? The story of the Bible begins in Genesis 1 and 2 where, where humanity is created good. This is, this is the beginning of the story. This is the image of God part of the story. This is the, this is the, the good stuff we see in people all over the world. Right, but Genesis three happens. The fall happens. The humanity, uh, you know, we we need to take seriously the reality that that we get we get sideways, and um, and we're not the most loving all the time, and we do some really evil, hateful things, and we have to we have to embrace that reality. But then, as we turn to the scriptures, they begin to show us. They begin to show us what does it look like when when people kind of break bad, so to speak. Um, and how do we undo that? And how do we begin to to take that journey back to Eden? How do we begin to move that way? And this is this is what repentance is about, right? This is, repentance is, is, is the turning of 180 degrees away from one thing and moving towards another. It's change. So how do we change from kind of the, the breaking bad back back to Genesis 1 and 2? How do we how do we move back towards Eden. Jesus is about reconciling us with, with God. And so he's, he's saying, hey, I've come that you might have life. Well, how do we know? How do we know what, what human flourishing, what life looks like? How do we hear his voice? How do we, how do we grow in our, in our understanding of him? How do we grow in our knowledge of him? We do so in, uh, by, by spending time in the Bible. And, uh, and there's a story that, that really ties in with this. Uh, it, was, it was after the resurrection in Luke chapter 24. And, uh, and it says, Now, that same day, uh, two of them, uh, two of the disciples, uh, were, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked, what are you discussing uh, together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them said, one of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know things that have happened in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our, our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they have seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are 
And how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did that the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Beginning with Moses and the prophets, this is what we call the Old Testament, right? And, and, he, and he started there, uh, the, the five books of Moses, the first five books of the Old Testament. Jesus starts there and works his way through all the prophets and, said, and points out all the things uh, and how all the scriptures uh, speak to him and are concerning him. And so what that means is when we open, when we open the, the Bible, it's not, it's not just a, a book of, of fairy tales and myths and stories. Um, while some of, that, you know, the, some of those things are, are there, um, to be sure, uh, you know, it's not just a rule book that, that gives us instructions on, on how to live and what to do and how to do right and, and what not to do and, and all that kind of stuff. Is there some of that? To be sure, it, it's helpful in that. We, we touched on that uh, a couple weeks ago. It's not a weapon. It's definitely not a weapon. That, you know, that, that's it's it's just it's interesting that that's kind of how the Pharisees used it, right? Um, this the sect of of Judaism back in the first century that uh, they were really just trying to they were they were trying to honor God with their lives. They wanted to honor God with everything they had within them, and so what they did is they turned the scriptures into this into this weapon to divide. To, to say, you're with us, you're not with us, you do these bad things, you don't do these good things. You, if you want to be with us, then you got to do it this way. And, and, and they weaponized the scriptures. And Jesus' Jesus's harshest words are for those guys. And yet, those guys were just trying to follow God. They were just trying to do the right thing. They were just trying to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Does it sound familiar to anyone today? I think if we're honest with ourselves, people, you know, uh, my, you know, I, I come out of the, the evangelical tribe, right? And um, we've done a great job of becoming uh, modern day Pharisees. We are the people who have weaponized the Bible. We are the people who have taken this, this text that is supposed to, to point to Jesus and bring life, life to the full. And we've made it this thing that divides people, that, that says, you're with us, you're not with us, you're good, you're bad, here are the rules, follow them, do this, do that. We, we've weaponized a, a, a text that was never meant to, to do that. And we need to hear Jesus' critique to the Pharisees because those critiques are very true of those of us who are coming kind of out of this, this evangelical uh, tribe within within Christianity, um, and and we have to realize that that we need we need to follow. We really need to kind of listen to what Jesus said to the guys on the road to Emmaus. Read the text, looking for Jesus. The, the reading the Bible, spending time in the Bible has become uh, one of the most fun things to do. It got stale for a really long time. I'll be honest. It got stale for a really long time. When you, when you spend time 
uh, you know, you know, I posted a joke uh, the other day. Uh, you know, I said, you know, what do you call what do you call a book club where they've been stuck in the same book for years? You call it church. And uh, I've been in the book club for a long time. I, I've spent time studying this book for a long time, and it got real boring because I knew it inside and out. And yet, now, now that I've kind of had, kind of, kind of woken up a little bit to the reality that that as I that what I'm trying to do here when I read the Bible is not to have, you know, not to just have right theology. It's not not to uh, to try to figure out whether or not my worldview is better than somebody else's worldview or if my religion is better than somebody else's religion. Uh, I'm not I'm not looking to do that anymore as I as I read the Bible. No. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to hear the shepherd's voice in and I, I it's like this Every time I open the scriptures now, every passage that I read, it's like I'm playing hide and seek. I'm just, I'm trying to find Jesus in every single passage. I'm looking for grace in every single passage. I'm looking for these, these, these glimmers of life and love and grace everywhere I read in the scriptures. And, uh, it has, it has broken me out of any kind of sense of, of staleness um, that I that I had, and um, and it's and it's been interesting uh, to to read the Bible with the hope of growing spiritually, to read the Bible with with the desire to to learn how to love well, to learn how to love my neighbor as myself, and to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's changed. It's changed it. Um, it's made it way more interesting because my questions are so different, right? My questions of the Bible are so different. And, and I think it really has become uh, this source of, of life, it's, it's, it's helping. It is helping me live life to the full. Um, not because I'm reading the Bible, but because as I read the Bible, I come face to face with, with Jesus. I, I come face to face um, with, with the one who is willing to lay down his life and take it up again. Uh, I come face to face with my shepherd, uh, the one who knows who knows me and knows my name, and uh, and so this this is what the Bible uh, is is really supposed to be about. So if we want to move beyond Sunday school, if we want to move beyond uh, felt boards and veggie tales, then we need to turn to the scriptures um, and, with the purpose of seeking to grow spiritual growth of growing uh, in in grace and truth and love and listening for the voice of our shepherd guys thanks for thanks for being with me this week um, if uh, if you want to continue the conversation 
follow me. Uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, right there at Daniel M. Rose, uh, or. Uh, you can always find the archive of this message at youtube.com slash Daniel, Daniel Rose. And as always, please consider subscribing uh, to Love Well. And uh, if you subscribe there at danielmrose.com, uh, you will be able uh, to get anything that I record or write. Uh, it'll go right into your inbox. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't spam you or anything along those lines. It's just uh, original content that... That I'm that I'm writing and uh, thinking about. So uh, again, thanks, thanks for being with me. And uh, if you found this uh, helpful, uh, insightful, encouraging a little bit, feel free to. Uh, I'd really appreciate it if you would like, share, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, until next time, love well, my friends. <laughs>